Hello and welcome to another episode of A Need to Read. In this week's book review, I'm going to be talking about The Lives of the Stoics, which is Ryan Holiday's new book. And when I say new, I mean it came out in October 2020, and I started reading it then, and it's taken me all the way up until about a week ago to finish the book. Now that kind of says it all about how much I liked the book, but I just love Ryan Holiday as an author. I love everything that he puts out. The Daily Stoic is huge and a lot of his other books. So I'm going to pad this episode out and talk about some of his better work as well, just so you don't think that he's a terrible author based on what I said, because the book is written well. It's just I wasn't too interested in the content of it. Now, before I get into this, let's just talk about how you can support the podcast, because look, I've got to pay the bills. So let's just do some ads quickly. So we've got BetterHelp, who are an online therapy service provider, and they sponsor the podcast, which is great because I love therapy. Therapy changed my life. Therapy is finally becoming something that is unstigmatized or destigmatized. And that is such good news because therapy will change your life if you decide to go, if the time is right for you, and if, of course, you're ready to be honest with your therapist. When I first started therapy, I wasted at least two sessions just by pretending that I was okay. And there's something about pretending that you're okay which just isn't okay. I think a lot of us who are potentially feeling down, depressed, anxious, whatever feelings are coming up for you, there's a sense that we have to kind of put a brave face on and be like, yeah, no, we're fine, we're fine, we're fine. All at the same time, telling others to speak up about how they are which kind of puts us in a hypocritical position. And it's a position that I've been in before. Now, if you feel that your life could do with a little bit more clarity, your thoughts could be given a little bit more context by a professional, then BetterHelp will be the provider for you. Because not only are you put in contact with a therapist within 48 hours, it's also like 50% cheaper than normal therapy. I was paying 90 pounds per session when I first started with BetterHelp. It's around 40 pounds with the 10% off. And when your second month kicks in, you only have to add another 10% onto that. So it's about 45 pounds. So if you're deciding that the time is right for you, if you're on the fence, click on the link in the description. And if you don't want to click on the link, head to betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read. Now that link will always be there in the bio of my Instagram and you can use that whenever. If you have any questions about it, feel free to shoot me a message on Instagram and that is at a need to read. But of course for the therapy, I'll say it again, it's betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read. Now other ways in which you can support the podcast, buymeacoffee.com. You don't have to buy me a coffee, but if you like the work that I do and you think if you saw me in the street, you'd buy me a pint. I don't drink, so if you want to buy me a coffee, head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash a need to read. And that way you can just put a little bit in my book fund and help me create the content for you, which of course um, you're not paying for, which is great. So now that's out of the way, let's have a chat about the book. So The Lives of the Stoics is what it says on the tin. He goes into the lives of all of the people that he considered to be stoic in the past. It's by Ryan Holiday. Ryan Holiday is a brilliant author. I don't want to take away from his ability as a writer because it's written very well. I'm just not so interested in the history of 26 
stoic individuals from around 2000 years ago. It's just not for me. And I'm not going to go into all 26 of those stoics because if you are personally interested in history, in histories of like great people, then I mean, read the book, it's going to be brilliant for you. But I will, however, go into some of the key Stoics that I pulled from the book because Stoicism is a philosophy that I try to identify with as much as possible because it is essentially a former formula for a good life. Now, this is new to me. I did learn a lot whilst reading the book, by the way. I'm not going to take away from that. Stoicism started with Zeno in around 334 BC to 262 BC. That's when he was alive. There's no particular set date that it started. But Zeno, he was on his way to Athens to sell some snails. Now, that sounds really weird, but snails, the particular snails that he was selling contained what was used for the dye, the purple dye. And purple dye back in the Roman times ancient Greece was seen as a sign of affluency as a sign of wealth so as a trader he was on his way to Athens to get selling get grafting and sell some snails which um is unfortunate because his ship wrecked and uh he was pretty fucked he lost everything and he came from quite a rich sort of upbringing as well so to lose everything he was then in Athens he didn't know what to do, so he went to a bookstore that his dad had told him about. So he went to the bookstore and he asked the bookstore person, right, I want to learn about philosophy, like where where do I start? And I mean, this this could be a lie or this could be true, but almost as if it was fated, there was a man walking past and he was like, right, that is who you need to go and learn philosophy off. So Zena was taken under the wing of someone to learn about philosophy. And through his learnings, he coined the phrase of Stoa, which is nowadays known as Stoic or Stoicism. Now, Zeno did have an interest in life, and there are a few quotes that I would pull from his set sector of the book. So he once consulted an oracle, and he was like, right, what's the secret to a good life? And the oracle was like, to live the best life, you should have conversations with the dead. And it said that Zeno worked out that the only way to have conversations with the dead is by reading, because, of course, these are dead people's books. I mean, it seems pretty smart. Another one of the key bits that I pulled from Zeno's section of the book is about being vain and vanity. And a word that I didn't know before, conceitedness. And conceitedness is like, um, I'd say, an, an inflated ego. or an Like, you just care too much about what other people think. So at one point, Zeno's mentor thought that he was being a bit too vain. He cared too much about what people think. So he sent him off around Athens with a jar of soup, is what he says in the book. I'm sure it was a bit more complicated than just a jar of soup. But to rid him of his vanity, he exposed him to stares and judgment of others. So the mentor smashed the jar of soup all over him so he's covered in it. And he had to walk all the way back through town, covered in soup, obviously getting stared at by people because they thought maybe he was homeless or he was just a dirty person covered in soup. So exposure to the stares of others, exposure to judgment, of course, then numbs you to it a little bit, which then made him coin the phrase that conceitedness is 
is the primary obstacle to learning. And I think that's very true because I think a lot of people think so much of themselves that they're unwilling to learn. And look, there's so much to learn in life. The amount of knowledge I know that's out there that I haven't even scraped the surface of now is intimidating. I speak to, obviously with this podcast, I speak to some super smart people. And I'm like, how on earth am I meant to get all of this in my head in such a short period of time? Like, what, what if I die when I'm like 70 or 80? I mean, I obviously could die before and I'm, I'm well aware of that, but there's just not enough time to get it all in. So you have to be really careful. Um, but also just know that don't give up just because there's so much out there. It's good. It's good to know things. It's good to broaden your horizons and expand your knowledge. And you shouldn't let like vanity or your ego get in the way of that. I think there's something about being the like quietest person in the room. Um, if you heard the episode with me and Diren, and he was talking about, he's like, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. You got to surround yourself with people that you can just kind of leech information off. Um, and that's that's really important. So don't let your ego make you think that you know so much that you can't learn from other people because you can learn from everyone in life. Now, another few people I wanted to speak about is Epictetus, Seneca, and Marcus Aurelius. Now, those are names that come up all the time in Stoic philosophy. Pretty much every self-help book under the sun will probably have a quote from one of those. Now, Epictetus was particularly important because he was born a slave and he was a slave pretty much throughout his whole life. He was lame as well. Not lame as in like uncool, lame as in like his leg was hurting all his life. And through that pain and through work and slavery, he resorted to philosophy and he was like, you have to find a job or find joy in something, even if you don't want to do it. And for him to go through his whole life as a slave, and the um, slavery is never going to be good, but I imagine around 2,500 years ago, slavery was particularly shit because, yeah, it um, it's just not good, is it? I, I can't even imagine what it would be like to be a slave at any point. So fair play to him for just carrying on because that takes a hell of a mindset. But at a certain point, I think it was around in his 40s, he was freed from slavery and then he turned to philosophy and was writing and sort of spread his learnings from being a slave and being a disabled slave. So he did a lot for philosophy in terms of the fact like, oh, you can't control what happens to you, but you can control your attitude towards what's next. And it's very, very true. And that is the phrase that will be guaranteed to be in pretty much every self-help book. So look, if I ever write one, I can guarantee you that's going to be in there somewhere. Or hopefully I'll have um, read a little bit more and and be able to come up with a better example than Epictetus, who everyone seems to leech off. Now Seneca. Seneca. Seneca, Seneca. I'm a bit disappointed um, with Seneca. And I think, obviously, Stoics, they've been put on a pedestal by the self-help industry. And without having read this book, which of course I'm happy that I did, even though I thought it was a little bit shit. Stoicism is put on a pedestal and they make these people out to be the most incredible people on earth. But in reality, like they were just people. I think that was a good insight from the book is that I understood that these Stoics, they were not perfect. Some of them were a little bit dickheadish. And Seneca is 
probably one of them. Although, of course, I'm commenting on someone's life that was thousands and thousands of years ago who has paved the way for lots of philosophy, but look, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Seneca was the mentor to a Caesar in Rome. Caesar's like a king, young king called Nero. And he tutored him, but Nero became a brutal leader. Like he tried to have his mother killed. He set Rome on fire just so he could rebuild it. He killed so many people and treated slaves so badly. And Seneca didn't say anything to him because he was afraid of death. And I think, look, I don't know what it's like to be in that position, but I'd like to think that morally, I'd be like, oi, Nero, you little bastard, you're killing loads of people, or just take one for the team and fight fire with fire and just kill him. So um, I know an eye for an eye makes the world go blind, but get rid of someone who tries to kill their mum. Not good. Although, that being said, Seneca did write so many books that have helped people, especially the self-help industry. So while he was keeping quiet about Nero being a little bastard, he did write a lot of books. And in the end, Nero did make him kill himself, which is probably not the nicest thing to have to do, um, especially if you don't want to do it, if you're sort of forced to do it. But so, um, the, here's, a, here's the thing that I found quite hip, hypocritical because Seneca was quite rich and he made no secret of the fact that he wanted power and he said a philosopher's wealth should not be bloodstained. But in the book, Ryan Holiday says it's hard to see that Seneca's money didn't have a little bit of red on it, a little bit of blood because of who he had so close to him. So that's Seneca in a nutshell for you from someone who has no idea what it's like to live in that time, but just reviews books. Finally, Marcus Aurelius, the Don. And I mean the Don in terms of like the king, because he was a philosopher king. And he was like an actual good man as well, as a leader, which I think is rare. I think that's always been rare. Like, who have we had recently? Donald Trump. I mean... <sighs> let's not get into politics, but if you can think of a, like a genuinely good-hearted, good-willed person of good character that's in charge of a, a country, um, I'll give you Fiverr. I won't actually give you a Fiverr because obviously there could be a couple thousand of you that can find someone and I haven't got that many Fivers. But all I'm saying is it's a rarity and Marcus Aurelius, from what I've read, did a really, really good job of being a good person whilst being in charge. And he wasn't actually born into being a king. He was adopted um, by an administrator of the Caesar at the time, Caesar meaning king, um, called Hadrian. And he had like tutors, he had mentors. He was essentially groomed into being king of Rome and wearing the old purple cape, which just obviously means that you're a don. He, from a young age, was displaying like weird I mean weird weird displaying great character and how that he didn't really like the fact that he was kind of being fed with a silver spoon so he was sleeping on the floor to sort of toughen himself up at the age of 11 which I mean I bet the floors weren't too comfy in those days there's no carpets I imagine but I think that's quite a nice sentiment for him at 11 years old to be self-aware enough to know that he's got it quite easy 
and to then make his life a little bit harder to build his character says a lot about him, you know? And uh, I think in terms of like what made him a Stoic is because he loved philosophy, read a lot of philosophy, read a lot of Epictetus's work. He wrote his own work in Meditations, but that was never intended to be published. Now, Meditations is something that's referred to countless times throughout self-help industry, again, like everything else. But it's a real good case for journaling because if you start journaling right now and you start writing your thoughts down on paper, let's imagine by some... Look, it's not impossible. You could become queen of somewhere or king of somewhere. And when you die, someone will publish all your journals. Pretty cool. There's way more benefits to journaling, but that's definitely one of them. If someone becomes... um, Well, I mean, if I become king of anywhere, then I'm sorry for everyone that will be under my reign, but at least I've got a journal from like the last 18 months that people can publish when I die. And I can be like, oh my God, this guy's head was fucking nuts. <laughs> but yeah, meditations is good. I've got a version of it and I, I'm flicking through it very, very slowly. It's nice to sort of dip in and out like one or two minutes a day. Um, it's kind of replaced the Daily Stoic for me this year because um, I didn't bring the Daily Stoic to Bali with me. So I've sort of making my own in terms of just reading little bits of stoicism um, on a daily basis which is a nice thing to do because a little bit of philosophy every day keeps the doctor away maybe now another thing I liked about Marcus Aurelius is and this is a little bit rogue he was a crier shout out to my crying boys because that just shows however they're painted these stoics as if they were superhuman of course they were humans they were they did have feelings i think obviously feelings that's what makes us human that like we've developed feelings and that has helped us go from like monkeys on the plains or homo neanderthals whatever you want to call it Uh, (laughs) i should know it i've read uh sapiens homo sapiens that's us now won't be editing that out you can just have that bit for free that shows how fast my brain is going. Too fast, too fast. Um, but yeah, he was a good man. He cried. He had a tough life. I think it's easy for people when someone's in like a kind of good or uh, privileged position, like being king, you can be like, oh, their life isn't hard. He lost all eight of his children. They died before he did. I don't think he just like went back to his purple robes and... and dried his eyes on those and then was instantly happy but like I I feel just on a side note I feel as humans or normal humans we kind of lose compassion for people that are in more affluent positions than us just because they've got money when in reality we know that let's say your dog died if I came and gave you a grand you're not instantly going to stop crying and instantly stop being happy yeah unhappy it's just worth noting that's what it made me think about and he actually there's a quote that was from the book that I wanted to say and it goes a little something like this it's unfortunate that this has happened no it's fortunate that this has happened and I've remained unharmed by it not shattered by the present or frightened of the future it could have happened to anyone but not everyone could have remained unharmed by it and that's nice that's a little bit selfless and I think that just goes to show that when you're a little bit selfless, you're pretty much a good person. Um, I mean, and that's the kind of person you want to be in life. 
Now that's it for Lives of the Stoic. Now Lives of the Stoic obviously gives you a good insight into the lives of 26 Stoics, which I would say is quite a lot. It's very historical. Um, it's well written. I was just bored by it. And I'm not going to hurry to say that you should get it. There are far better books by Ryan Holiday, which I'll go through in a moment. But like in terms of Stoicism in general, it is a good philosophy to have a look into because a Stoic mindset can save you from a lot of sort of like situations. The whole what happens to you is out of your control, but what's in your control is how you respond to it. Like that is brilliant. And that is super, super helpful. There are a few Latin phrases that are tied into Stoicism um, that I like. So memento mori is like meditate on death, remember that you will die. And I think remembering that you'll die doesn't necessarily give you like a, an urgency to live, but it does make you think and make you live with a little bit more intention. So like, what's your legacy gonna be? What are you gonna leave behind? What would someone say at your funeral about you? Like, those are the kind of like quite decent things to think about. Like if someone was reading your eulogy, what would you want them to say about you? That's that's come from seven habits of highly effective people. Like start with the end in mind. Like it's always quite nice because you also figure out your values that way, or the values that you'd actually like to live by, not the ones that you actually currently live by, which they can not run parallel sometimes and be a bit off off kilter, I would say. So there's that, and then there's a more fatty. And the more fatty is the love of fate. So uh, it's Frederick Nietzsche that sort of used the term a little bit more. And it's about just loving what happens to you, whatever it is. Just get on with it. I've actually got it tattooed on the back of my arm, which is a weird place for a tattoo, considering I definitely can't see it um, unless I put my arm in a painful position or if I look in the mirror. And then it's uh, itaphroma which isn't a word, I'm pretty sure. Now, before we stop the episode, I want to talk about Ryan Holiday's other books because I have to give credit to that man. The Daily Stoic is brilliant. That is just a little dash of stoicism every day in your life with an explanation from him as well, which is great. And like I said, a little bit of stoicism every day keeps whatever you want to have away, away. Other books are brilliant. I've spoken about it loads. The obstacle is the way. That is such a good attitude to adopt so that something goes wrong. You can find the good in it. You can find an opportunity to either like practice virtues, um, which is a big thing in stoicism. You can find a way to like, even just like practicing positivity. Now, toxic, toxic positivity is definitely something that's around at the moment. People just like, oh my God, you're just going to positive think your way out of a situation. No, like definitely acknowledge that what's happened is shit but try and find the good in it and by the good i mean the way you can improve yourself from that situation so whatever has gone wrong you can find a way to be better from it and i think that's all we're ever really trying to do as people is be better right like there's a sense of course that you're whole and you're you're enough as a person but it's always good to be better. Like I always say, we're all pieces of shit, right? We've just got to do our best to be a little bit less like that. Obstacles away is a good way 
way to find opportunity in hardship. Another book, Stillness is the Key. Now, Stillness is the Key is, I, I thought it was good. I'm, I'm all for staying still and I'm all for doing a little bit less because we are, in fact, human beings, not human doings. And that's pretty much all you need to know about that. Like, how often do you just sit? How, how often do you stop? Do you take time away from your technology? Take time away from people as well. And just like maybe like go for a walk without your headphones and just listen to nature or do nothing. Meditate, ruminate, masturbate. No. Uh, yeah, so stillness is the key. It's brilliant. I can't, it's not the best. I'd say it's actually third down in terms of like the order of his books, but the examples that Ryan Holiday used, like modern day examples of like people like Bill Gates, who has a think week twice a year where he just shuts himself off from technology, goes into a cabin in the woods and just reads and writes and just lets ideas come to him. Like within stillness, that's where the great ideas come from. Like how many times you've been in the shower and had like a brilliant thought or when you're driving along had like a great thought or idea. That's where the good ideas come from. It's from that state of rest and from that state of stillness that you will get your best ideas, like I've said about four times. So moving on from stillness, just to save me repeating myself again, got Ego is the Enemy. Now this book, I can tell you so many people need to read this book. And look, that's my ego talking there. It's so, so good. I think the concept of ego is something that a lot of people haven't got a grasp on, which is a shame because if everyone understood their ego and what their ego makes them do, the world would be a far better place. Now, one of the concepts in this book is about a lifetime, not dead time. So like, if we're alive we can improve and like we're never going to be a finished product like if you think you're a finished product that's your ego telling you that there's always opportunities for improvement opportunities to learn opportunities to get better and your ego is the only thing that's going to get you in the way of that now one of the sort of main things that i like the kind of reinforce a belief for me that we were actually talking about earlier when i spoke about what Dieran said if like oh, if you're in the smartest in the room then you're in the wrong room. It's also about being the person that doesn't speak the most in the room. Easy for me, um, although sometimes I like to show off because um, I get a little bit confused on whether I'm an introvert or an extrovert, but I'm definitely an introvert over an extrovert. But sometimes people like to show off and that is the ego kicking into play. But they say like those who talk don't know and those who listen are the ones that are going to understand like there's something you can learn from everything someone said it i don't know who that you got two ears and one mouth for a reason and like it is good to be a listener like you can learn from people even who, if you think they're dickheads because you can learn how not to be and ego is essentially the one thing that's going to shut you off from the world so i'm sure if you've been listening for a while obscure the way is been on your radar ego is the enemy is very very good Stillness is the key. It's very, very good. Lives of the Stoic, not so good. And that is it for the book review today. Thank you so much for listening. There's a little bit of Stoic education in there. There's a little bit of a book review. There's a little bit of me just 
repeating myself. I appreciate everyone that listens. You're all absolute legends. Of course, sponsor the podcast, paying the bills, betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read and buymeacoffee.com forward slash a need to read. Now, I just want to let everyone know in terms of like sponsors for the ads, I'm going to try and keep it to a minimum. I want to make sure it's something that I believe in. I want to make sure it's something that I have full control over. And I want to make sure that I'm not just being like, hey guys, uh, a need to read is sponsored by a toothpaste company. So just want to let you know, um, that's my thoughts. Not that you need to know it, but of course I'm telling you anyway, because this is all about transparency. I think you guys are absolute legends for listening. And I want to be very honest with you. There will be a book club launching soon. Keep an eye on the Instagram stories for that. If you're not signed up to the mailing list, head to the link in the bio on Instagram, which is at a need to read. And uh, if you're on Instagram, I'll be very honest with you. My engagement's dropped a little bit. So just drop a like or watch a story or something. Share the podcast and your story. Be an absolute legend because sometimes the algorithm just doesn't want to play ball um which is unfortunate because i put loads of content out there and it gets missed by some people so that's my rant about instagram fuck instagram this is the podcast thank you so much for listening you're all absolute legends keep an eye out for the book club because that is going to be something i'm going to put a lot of time and effort into unlike the last time i did a book club which did not go so well so once again Love you, bye.